Hey, hey, everybody. It is Charity Gibson coming at you with a brand new episode of the Badass Women of Promo podcast. Now, recently, you've probably heard me talking about my favorite new thing to play on, Clubhouse. And on Clubhouse, I've been connecting with professionals in the promotional products industry that I've known. And I've also been fortunate to make some really great friends, uh, new friends. So on with me today, I have uh, the one and only Sylvia Farbstein. She is with a company called Small Miracles in Richmond, Virginia, and has an amazing story to tell. And so, Sylvia, welcome on. How are you? Hi, Charity. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I'm so excited to have you here today. It's kind of like Clubhouse, but without the mic taps, and we can't invite anybody up to the stage. I don't know what to do. but I'm on your stage and that's what counts. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. So fun. Well, speaking of stages, um, you've obviously been on Clubhouse hanging out, but of course uh, I am privy to your story. And I know that you have a very special story relating to your son and stages and speaking. So for everybody listening that doesn't know you and um, including me, cause I really don't know that much about you. Give us a little bit of a history. Who are you? Where did you come from? And what do you do? (laughs) Sure. What a fun question. So I originally am from New York. I moved to Richmond, Virginia, 20, almost 27 years ago, after being my husband's 95th blind date. You heard that correctly. He went on 95 blind dates before he found his partner for life. (laughs) And I was a typical New Yorker. Um, I went to NYU. I was a finance major. I was in the banking industry. And I never thought I would ever leave New York, let alone end up in Richmond, Virginia. But love has a strange way of (laughs) taking you to uncharted waters. And um, that's exactly what happened. So moved to Richmond and continued in the financial services industry, had two children. And it was when my second child, my son, Brandon, was diagnosed at the age of two with a very rare form of dwarfism that my whole world shifted. And so Brandon has metatropic dysplasia, which is just one of hundreds of different types of dwarfism. And his type is so rare that there are less than 85 medically documented cases in the world. So what was originally a world of black and white, because numbers don't lie, as you know, all of a sudden shifted to this world of uncertainty and unknown. And so I ended up leaving the financial services industry and... Uh, about a year later, started in an entrepreneurial space with a gift and accessory business. And that gave me the flexibility to navigate all of these new things that my husband, Steve, and I would need to face in raising Brandon. And the medical professionals basically told us that they had no answers to our questions of, what kind of life should we expect for Brandon? What will the challenges be? What could we do proactively? And they said, this is so rare that we really can't give you a blueprint or a playbook. 
So very early on, we realized that we needed to just focus on giving our son the best life possible. And that enabled us to really understand that all the challenges that we were going to face were going to be worthwhile because we were on this mission. And so over the years, um, we dealt with medical challenges that Brandon had and just creating equitable opportunities for him because the world truthfully is not designed for someone of his stature. He's now 21 years old and stands just under four feet tall, which is the relative size of a seven or an eight year old. So when the world is not designed for someone like you, you have to quickly learn how to be flexible and make adaptations. And so we learn to tap into innovating our own solution and not just thinking outside of the box, but throwing that darn box out and figuring things out, even if they've been done a certain way. And so it was interesting because here I was trying to navigate all of this while I started my own business. And it's amazing if you take a step back and look at your own life and realize that every single hardship and challenge, every adversity that we've had, all those lessons not only apply to our personal lives, but they really are universal in helping us learn through the challenges of business, right? Whether you are working in the corporate world or on, or on a more entrepreneurial journey. So I've learned so many lessons along the way, um, but it was really interesting when the profession, the promotional um, products world intersected with what was going to change Brandon's entire trajectory. And that power of promo, <laughs> the power of promo, exactly. In a really unusual way as well. This is, this is where it gets interesting. I love this part of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, and, and I'll just take you just a few steps back. The way I got into promo was sort of a random thing, but, you know, the most random things in life are really what makes us connect the dots. And we know that it was meant to be. It wasn't just something that flew out of the sky, but I was um, in the uh, gift and accessory business. And I met a woman in an adult Hebrew class and she and I got to know each other. She heard I was in this business and she said, I have an opportunity for you. I think we would work really well together. <laughs> and that woman is Gail Lewis, who started Small Miracles promotional products over 30 years ago. So it's amazing how sometimes strangers pop into our life. And just by opening your heart and mind and having a conversation, it could totally change where you are going. So I entered into the promo world and a few years later, which was about seven years ago, Gail and I were at the Orlando trade show. Is that, um, is that yeah. PPAI or ASI, ASI Orlando? ASI. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. ASI Orlando. And she happened to be a few feet ahead of me 
and popped her head into a booth and started screaming my name. And I figured, <laughs> what kind of exciting promo product could this be? I mean, come on, another, you know, pen or a cool notepad or, you know, maybe an umbrella. An umbrella, <laughs> exactly. An inverted one. I don't even think the inverted ones were created back then, but that's my favorite umbrella. Um, but she was so excited and I ran over to her. And lo and behold, sitting in this booth was what appeared to be a mini Segway. And the reason Gail got so excited is because a couple of months prior, we had taken Brandon to his orthopedic surgeon in Delaware. And Dr. McKenzie had said to Brandon, you know, you're complaining that your legs hurt after walking a few blocks. I'm sorry to say there's, there are no more surgeries that can guarantee that you will be free of pain. So you need to start thinking about a mobility device. And right then and there is when Brandon started innovating his own solution and said, well, I don't wanna be in a wheelchair and I don't wanna be in one of those motorized scooters because my legs still work. Yeah. So why would I put myself in a position not to use them? And besides, why would I want to look up at the world more than I already do? And so the doctor looked at him and he said, well, Brandon, I don't know what else there is. And Brandon said, well, what about a segue? <laughs> so the, the seed had been planted and we had no idea how that would come to fruition because the segues that we saw were really the big, heavy right. and expensive ones. And yet, you know, a couple of months later, we're in Orlando at the ASI show. And lo and behold, what appears to be a miniature Segway is in a booth. So that is what ended up being Brandon's first mobility device. And it just blew my mind that a promo trade show was what put Brandon where he needed to be. This device literally took him to places that his legs were not able to take him. And how it ended up being <laughs> at that show, I still don't understand because I, I don't necessarily think that there are too many distributors <laughs> that are promoting that um, upright mobility device. But yeah. It just, I was at the right place at the right time. And so Brandon started riding this device. And one of those rides was a few months later at the Richmond airport. We were on our way to visit family in Florida and a stranger came over to him and wouldn't stop asking him questions. And at that point we were used to people being inquisitive, but she just would not stop. And that turned out to be his opportunity to be invited to the TEDx stage a few months later. So at the age of 15, Brandon gave a TEDx talk here in Richmond in front of a live audience of over 1600 people. And he got to ride that device on stage. So the promo so cool. world literally led my son to the TEDx stage. <laughs> that is so, I'm like at, you know, 15, 16 years old. I'm like, your kid is living my dream here. Um, but I love, so the very beginning of the conversation, I love how you started out and you talked about all of the lessons that you learned um, from this and how 
even though it's, you know, a personal struggle, how it applies to business and how we can take, you know, the tale of overcoming. And um, obviously I think looking for opportunities in places maybe we wouldn't expect to find them. Um, and, you know, the tales of just um, persevering through adversity and how our life situation can apply so directly to work. I think that that's fantastic. And then I see so many things here. Obviously your focus has been um, on Brandon and telling his incredible story and, I love that he himself was so strong, strong enough to say, no, my legs still work. I'm going to use them while I can and engineer or, you know, um, work to find a solution pretty much relentlessly, it sounds like, until he was able to get to that spot. And so all of that to say, wow, I think what I see here obviously is an incredibly strong young man um, who was raised by an incredibly strong and intuitive um, you know, set of parents, obviously, including you, Sylvia, as his mom. I think it speaks volumes to um, just exactly the type of morals and values and, you know, that kind of gumption and grit you were able to instill in him while he was growing up. So many people, I think, uh, would give up, I think, or feel uh, distraught. And so did you ever have you know, those kinds of feelings, or were you able to just kind of, uh, you know, like heal into the ground and, and move forward? Or how did you work through that initial, um, I don't know, is it, was there like a grieving process? Was there a loss associated with it? Or was it more, um, you know, just, okay, here it is, and we're going to power through it. What, did, what were you feeling originally? And how did you um, persevere through those initial thoughts? I remember when we got our diagnosis and it took them six months to diagnose him from the UCLA skeletal dysplasia registry. And my pediatrician got the letter as well. And he called me and I remember he said to me on the phone, just know that Brandon is going to be who he is no matter what he looks like. And just those words made me realize that I really don't need to focus on what it is in his life that he's going to not be, but I can focus on who he will be. So yes, there were some points when we would go to school performances or field day in elementary school, and I would see other kids you know, running around or towering over him and, you know, just wonder what is life going to be like for him. But I quickly learned that if I focused on the moment and the experience that my mind wouldn't take me to this place filled with fear or anxiety because if you think about it, those are emotions that are focused on the future because none of us know the outcome of the future. You don't need a diagnosis to realize that. But it made me be more intentional about seeing him for who he is rather than living into the vision of what I wanted him to be and it also made me fight for not 
limiting him, not labeling him, not defining nor confining. And those at times were challenging because there, there were there were phases in life that I didn't share with others based on the fact that I didn't want others to look at him through a lens that might've been skewed. So in other words, when we had some um, challenging times during his middle school years and when he was diagnosed with depression, I wasn't very open and forthright about discussing it. And it's, it wasn't until recently, truthfully to tell you, it wasn't until recently that I've been able to open up and talk about the challenges that we went through as a family um, because my husband and I just kept a lot of things to ourselves and didn't even include our extended family in those challenges. It was our way, we thought, of protecting our son. And now, you know, it's his story to tell. So as, as a professional speaker, he ha- is really comfortable about leaning in to parts of his life that were difficult and sharing them real and raw because he knows the impact that it can make on others. And I think as business people, it's really important for us to surround ourselves with a tribe that we realize is going to enable us to speak the truth and not pretend that everything is rainbows and unicorns every step of the way, because we've had a year like no other. And I think through connections that we've made on social media, on, on platforms like Clubhouse, we're able to have meaningful conversations and talk about things that we are working through or are having challenges with. And when you realize that you're not alone in your adversity, it makes you feel more empowered. And you also identify people that are a few steps ahead of you. You know, those that have been there, done that. And that always gives us hope that, okay, they've been through it and they made it to the other side. So I know I can as well. Yeah, there's, there's definitely something to be said about that. I know um, on Clubhouse, I bring it up in every conversation now, but uh, I love the concept that we're a lot more alike than we are different. And you said something, I think we said a number of things that I think are really, really important. Um, Obviously telling our story empowers others to tell their story. And I think that's what I love that, um, you know, especially that Brandon is doing and that you're doing. Um, But I also... I really have had it on my heart a lot to talk about bias. I haven't figured out a way to work it into a conversation because I think it's a really difficult concept uh, to articulate in a conversation. Uh, I think it requires multiple conversations. And there's a number of things that I think go on when you talk about bias. And um, when you hear something that somebody says, we hear it with the experience we've had up to that point. And so, you know, we're judging or stereotyping or forming an opinion, um, not in a negative way, it's just that's bias, right, as our experience has led us to hear. So if this, then that. And so I, I completely understand what you're saying about I don't want to say something and have Brandon labeled um, in that certain way. It's 
it's almost like brand building, right? Not to relate everything back to promo and marketing, but I feel like that's exactly what it is, is when we say something, our face and our logo, our name or what have you, our trademark, our brand becomes associated with a thought or an ideal, or um, I know people know me obviously for umbrellas and for my love of coffee and I love dinosaurs and you know, I'm sunshine and energy and all of these great things. And sometimes I even have difficulty talking about struggle or the challenges that I'm facing because I know that anything that I say, every word plays into um, or takes away from this brand that I'm building for myself. And I'm, I don't want people to hear one thing and be fixated on that and think that that is the totality of who I am. Or every time they look at me, they see that when that's 4% of my being, or that was, you know, 15 minutes of one day in the middle of a week. Um, but people fixate on that. And so I, I completely understand and can empathize with you where you were not wanting to bring the depression or the issues or all of those things to the forefront, because once you say it, you can't take it back, right? Like I like to say, you can't hear what you've, you can't unhear what you've heard. You can't unsee what you've seen. You can't unread what you've read and you can't unthink what you've thunk. Um, once it's out there in the universe, it's kind of like it's there and um, trying to change people's opinion, it becomes very difficult after the fact, you know, and after, after it's said. But I also think there's the second part of that. And this is just me talking out loud about my personal tug of war that I go through and just kind of basically at the end of the day saying that I can empathize. Um, but the concept that if we don't tell people our story, they'll make one up for us. <laughs> and I've been, right. Um, right. It's like, they'll see your son or they'll see you or they'll see me or my daughter, or whoever, and something we say or something we do without them knowing the backstory behind it, because we haven't told our story for whatever reason, we didn't think we had to, maybe we don't want to, whatever it is, people see that action or that thing and they just assume or make a story and it's human nature. I'm not judging or saying it's bad, but if you're not cognizant or conscious of the stories we make up about other people in our heads, it can really do some damage because we treat people um, based off of the story we have about them in our head. We change our behavior about that person to that person for that person um, with that. So I just think there's a lot to unpack there, but I love that um, whether it was conscious or unconscious, consciously, you completely understood that. And then the other thing that you said, I think that was really interesting to me is talking about um, future-based fears and the idea that you uh, were able to reframe your mindset and really stick uh, with seeing everything that he could be. And I love, again, tying everything back instead of what he's not, right? Everything that he is. And I tie this back. We talk again about personal and business and just life in general. Uh, something that has been a topic of conversation that has come up in four or five different conversations that I've had over the last three or four weeks is the magic that happens in our lives when we can operate fully in our place of unique genius. And we have learned what makes us tick and what makes us special and what we are good at. And when we wake up in the morning and can do just that, all of a sudden, our purpose feels like it's being fulfilled and our lives become full of passion. And I never understood that quote. I kind of used to hate it. Like I love cliche sayings because they're easy to remember. But um, the, the one that talks about like, 
when you finally find out what you're born to do, I can't even remember the quote now. I just said everything's memorable and then I can't remember it. So I don't know what that says about me, <laughs> but you know, it's like life begins the day you find out what you were born to do. I'm like, that's ridiculous, whatever. Like, what are we actually born to do? And I'm like, oh wait, hold on a minute. Now I'm understanding. It's like, you know what? I'm not an admin person. I've always known that, but like owning that and operating in that space. Like I am a marketer. My genius is in storytelling. I am good at this and I'm okay being limited by these other things. I don't call them weaknesses. I call them limitations. Um, when I know what my limitations are, are and I, I operate in my space of my strengths. We do the world a service. We do us a service. And I think it was just so brilliant of you. Um, I don't know where you, where you learned that, if that was innate to you, if you had mentors growing up, or if you had a ton of reading that you did, I'm not sure where that came from, but such a high emotional intelligence to be able to just um, say that and how empowering of you for him that, you know, you, you didn't limit him, um, especially when it, we're talking about size, he was unlimited. It doesn't matter that he's only four feet tall. Like, who cares? <laughs> like you can do big things. Um, you know, being small. I love, I love, he's doing bigger things than most people that I know. And so just, uh, power to you, girl, like seriously, I love hearing the story. I love everything about it. <laughs> no, I appreciate that so much. And everything you, you've said absolutely resonates with me. And, you know, it's really interesting because if you and I would have sat down and done this interview 10 years ago, there is no way I would have been able to eloquently summarize these life lessons that I have learned. I, I feel like a lot of it was trial and error and I have bruises, scrapes, scars and wounds <laughs> Um, that I have endured along the way to learn these lessons. I was definitely not born with any of these innate skills. And it just is possible for us to reach a point in life where we are not fixated on worrying what other people think. To me, there's wisdom in age and in getting older. And once I reached that point, which truthfully for me was about um, four years ago when I turned 50, that to me was the turning point. And I really am not shy about sharing my age. I say it with a lot of pride because age to me is um, just a number and it's a state of mind. And so when I was 50, Brandon had been so severely cyberbullied that we had to pull him out of high school. Um, this happened by his high school peers and we had evidence and we quickly learned that our laws protect freedom of speech more than they protect victims of cyberbullying. And so that was a really dark and challenging time. As much as I knew I didn't have control over his future, I just felt like, oh my goodness, what is his future going to be? I mean, this is going to send him down this dark spiral and where will he land? And I got myself so worked up with stress and anxiety that I was diagnosed with shingles. And I remember asking the doctor, how could this be? I thought this was an older person's disease. And the doctor explained to me, it's all due to stress. And that was my wake up call. And 
through many other random events, months later, Brandon and I were led to Tony Robbins and we were his guests at his four day Unleash the Power Within event where we both took such a deep dive inward and started excavating our limiting beliefs and all those barriers that were holding us back from dreaming bigger and being bigger. And we walked on fire and came home from that event realizing that there was so much more living that we each needed to do. And it was really interesting to do this alongside my 17 year old. Yeah. Um, but that plunge into personal development was just the beginning for us. And it literally has changed our lives, has made us lifelong learners who are so excited to leap out of our comfort zones because we know that's where the magic happens in your personal life, in your professional life. I mean, the way we resonate with clients is not when we give them the tried and true things that have been done the way they've always been done, but it's when we enable them to dream bigger and tell them, you know, have you thought about this? You could go in this direction and, you know, use taglines and be punny and, you know, <laughs> use fun. I love, I love doing things like that. That's what excites me about the promo world that you could really get creative. And so I think it takes us showing up in our full potential, which truthfully is always evolving. So I think as humans, we're always striving to show up as our truest selves. But some people spend a lifetime chasing that and never let themselves get out of their comfort zone. And therefore, they don't discover everything that they could be. So when we start becoming comfortable in our own skin and show up as ourselves, I find that that's where we're more relatable and we're more vulnerable and are, and are authentic. And clients want to do business with those that they not only know, but they trust. And if you come across as this buttoned up, you know, promo professional, and they don't know anything else about you, I don't know if that's necessarily the most effective way of yeah. standing out. And even in my clubhouse bio, I write, our uniqueness is our superpower. And I'm definitely convinced that all of us have these amazing, unique gifts inside of us, and we can bring them out in our profession and helping others become more memorable in coming up with creative solutions for their marketing campaigns and their giveaways. So I, I really do think that the world of personal development and personal growth enhances our own professional development and how we are able to show up in service to our clients. Because at the end of the day, we're not just selling them something, we are adding value and we are in service. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I know it's so funny because I know in my own personal journey, as soon as I say Tony Robbins, sometimes you, people will get their eye roll going or it's like, oh, you're one of them. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yep, I totally am. Of course, I didn't get here, um, you know, a, 
in a day, it was like, there's this whole journey. And then you're talking about, you know, in promotional um, marketing, we are basically using these tangible items to tell somebody's story. And that is exact, and it's relatable, right? And that's when, when we get past putting a logo on a cup um, and we get to the place where we are punny, as you said, it was so cute, um, and putting messages and using these things to tell stories, um, it's relatable. And all of a sudden we have an emotional connection to those products because of what we have experienced in our lives to this point. And um, it's that same journey with personal development. I think that's why part of why I love Clubhouse so much, part of why I am um, gravitating, you know, towards people like you uh, and your son who have these amazing stories to tell, because, you know, my life wasn't easy growing up either. And we face that adversity. And then you find somebody that is telling their story and you're able to pick out those gems or those little relatable moments. And you're like, I feel that in my soul. Like it, you I, I feel her right now is like a, the term that everybody says right now. Like, I just, I know that you know me and I know that what I say, you will hear um, from my heart because what's in my heart is in your heart as well. And it changes how we hear things, it's, uh, changes how we relate to things, changes how we relate to people. And so um, I personally, you know, huge Tony Robbins follower. Uh, I love, there's so many, you know, Brenna Burchard and, you uh, thinking of all these fun people, just Ekstrom is newer coming on the scene in Kindra Hall. So many amazing um, people who have just been refined by fire. And so I even look at my cousin, uh, his name is uh, Lee Oliver, and he owns an AV, uh, AV Web Designs, a big web technology company in California. And he is uh, good friends with all of these people, Les Brown and all of that. He, he's wholeheartedly into these and our conversations just last three and four hours long because we're knowledge sharing back and forth and um, it's just fun to be around people that get it and so like you said when you're doing business with people having this understanding of what you're feeling while you're feeling it and what makes you tick helps you understand what someone else is feeling while they're why they're feeling it and what makes them tick and when you're talking about marketing it all comes back together because when we understand the behavior and the why behind the behavior and the the um, the goal of the behavior and what we want people to do with what they're getting, uh, I just think that it's magic when it all comes together. So people would do themselves, I think, a great service to really dive into um, this type of stuff and to you know personal development, get a life coach or a business coach because there's so much. I think some people just wander lost for so long in their lives and they don't know. They they feel like they're missing something, but they don't know what it is. And they go out there and and they just they're wandering around trying to find something. They don't know what it is. I'm like, it's this. It's relationship. It's education. It's learning. It's the constant evolution of um, your thoughts and your ideals. And I also love what you said. It's about being okay with exactly who you are and not really giving a turd what anybody else thinks about it because it's not their life life to live. It's ours. And so thank you for bringing that up and just. Um, for being brave and being courageous and for telling your story unapologetically and for helping Brandon to tell his, I just, um, uh, you inspire me and I, I'm in awe of everything that you've accomplished, um, for you and for him. I love that you guys have the relationship and can, um, do that together. I, I'm going to try and drag my daughter to like a leadership seminar and, uh, 
it might not go well for me. I'm already managing her plants in that terrarium app to be able to use Clubhouse. I, I'm scared <laughs> to think what it would take to get her. What do I have to bribe or quote unquote incentivize her with to get her to a leadership seminar? Like, You're coming to well, Tony Robbins with me today. It's really interesting because my daughter, who is a couple of years older than Brandon, I took her to Rachel Hollis Rise Conference a couple of years ago. I figured, you know, I took her brother to Tony Robbins and we've been to Brendan Burchard and all these other events. Let me finally show Brooke what this is about. And truthfully, it wasn't her scene. So I only say that because... You know, sometimes we assume that our kids are somehow an extension of us, you know, when it comes to certain interests that we may have or certain passions that we pursue. But at the end of the day, they are their own people. So if by chance your daughter isn't ready for it, it just might mean she's not ready for it or it's something she's not into and they're all on their own timeline. But- What I love is just looking at the irony of life. And for me, it is the fact that I gave birth to a child who ended up being stagnant in his physical stature. And yet he opened my eyes to how limitless and abundant we are in our internal growth. And that is what led me to dream bigger and not get stuck in the promo industry and in things beyond. Um, so it's, it's really neat when we take time out to really uh, think about everything that we have gone through and those life lessons and, you know, read the books and listen to the talks um, that we realize that we have so much wisdom that is universal and we can apply it to all areas of our life. And I wanted to share another book with you in the event that you haven't read it yet. And it is Jamie Kern Lima's recent book that she came out with a couple of weeks ago called Believe It. Have you heard of it yet? I have. I love Jamie Kern Lima. I love her story. I have goosebumps when you say that. Like watching her find success. That girl is amazing. And all of the stuff that she overcame. um, Yeah, I have not read it yet, but I, I have heard of it. Have you read it? You read it and you love it? I did. We got to meet her actually at a few live events that we went to. And she is the most down-to-earth billionaire <laughs> you, that you will ever meet. I mean, she really is so relatable and so down-to-earth. And um, yeah, I, I read her book as soon as it came out. It is phenomenal, very readable and digestible, great life lessons. But when you learn the backstory um, or you know the rest of the story, I think it just gives us so much motivation on those days, because we're all human, we all have those days where we're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is horrible. I'm, I'm never going to be able to get this done or, 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 you know, I feel stuck. But when you hear the rest of the story of where these folks came from, mm-hmm. that their success was not something that they were born into, 
and how, you know, she was able to start a company in her living room and literally a few years later, sell it for $1.2 billion cash to L'Oreal. It's unbelievable. And then you'll see in the book, I don't want to spoil it for you. She did go through a a good amount of adversity growing up and um, throughout her twenties and even later in life. And it's unbelievable to see everything that she has been able to accomplish um, because of that. And, you know, with everything that happens to us, it's happening for us and not to us, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, um, I, I love that you pointed her out and brought her to light. Um, you know, similar to, to Brandon, um, some of her physical attributes were what helped, um, you know, or were hurting her originally. And that was a lot of what led to some of the trauma and stress and rejection that she was going through. And the fact that she turned her pain into passion and passion into a paycheck, a big paycheck (laughs) is so inspiring. And I think one of the things that I've been going through lately is the comparison um, problem. But I like to think that my comparison is healthy because I'm not like, oh, you know, whatever. And maybe I'm totally wrong in this, but I see people like Jamie Lynn Kerma. I see people like you. I see all of these badass women of promo that are out there just crushing it, that are sometimes 10, 20 years younger than me. Um, and with the same number of hours in a day and the same level of, you know, intelligence or wherewithal or whatever that I have, um, and I see what they're accomplishing and them accomplishing all of these amazing things lets me know if they can do it, I can too. And the thing that I love about people like Jamie, um, Jess Ekstrom, Kendra Hall, you know, people that I've been mentioning, Rachel Hollis is another one. Um, Jenna Kutcher is another one, hangs out with Dean Graciosi. All of these wonderful, um, successful, amazing people. The thing that I think they all have in common, you mentioned that she, that Jamie Linkerma is like, a super nice down to earth person. I think they all are. And they're, they all employ the lift as you climb mentality that you don't yes. get where you are and accomplish all of these huge things in life by being a stingy jerk. Um, you know, I think it's, it's sharing what it's, well, there's a reason it's called the knowledge industry. Right. And I love Brenda Burchard. Um, during a conference I was at recently, he said, I love my job because I get to go learn things for a living. And then I, come onto situations like this and I get to share what I've learned and help other people to learn it too. And that is my job. And, um, you know, that his job, then he, he made that happen because of his passion to help other people. He's not just learning to keep it all to himself. He's learning to share. And, um, yeah, so brilliant. And I'm super glad that you brought that up. The other, um, just one thing, and then I, we wrap this up, I know, but one of the other things I heard, um, going back to Clubhouse, because I got my notebook handy, um, talking about children and going back to what you said about my daughter, I'm like, I'm going to drag her, see what she thinks and let her try it out. But um, one of the things somebody said in a room, and I love it, and this applies to adults too. I think sometimes we're so excited about stuff. We want to bring our friends along or we want to bring our coworkers and it's just not their jam. Um, But so often parents think that their children, um, their children are only successful if they are hitting the benchmarks that the parent is setting for the children. When in fact, children will be and feel successful when they accomplish the benchmarks and goals they have set for themselves. Mm. And Oh, that's me when I heard that, right? I was like, 
oh dang I thought I was doing yes. it pretty right this whole time and now I feel like I've been doing it a little bit wrong I'm like so of course then I go ask my daughter I'm like what goals do you have for yourself she's like mom I'm not writing them down so still not there I still have a lot to learn but I love that and I think the fact that we can help empower people to, you know around us and our children we can expose them to it but let them define what their own benchmark for success will be I think that's huge um and then to just wrap this up, um, Sylvia, I know you are um, a badass woman of promo yourself. We're glad to have you on here and a badass mom, a badass person in general. I'd love to know um, from your uh, parlay in promo, I don't know if that's the right word, but from your experience in promo, do you have somebody that you consider a badass woman of promo? If not, just a badass woman in general and why? besides Jamie Lynn Kerma, because we already love her. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So I would say you for sure, because I love everything, what you are doing on different social media platforms and how you unapologetically show up in, in such a bright light. Um, And I see, I see you, you know, even in our Facebook groups, how you're always willing to lend a hand and it's not transactional. You're not pushing your business. You literally are there as a giver. And so I commend you on that. And the other woman I would say is Gail Lewis, who I have the pleasure of working with on a daily basis. She's the owner of Small Miracles. She started this company over 30 years ago after she was let go at a larger promo distributor company. So, you know, she has taught me that we can be proud disruptors and we could literally redefine every setback because it could set us up for things greater than we ever imagined. Um, So I, I love her journey and working alongside her. I realize that we don't need to do things the way they've always been done just because they've always been done that way. So it's awesome to be surrounded by those that are mavericks and are able to create their own charted course. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. I, I definitely appreciate that. I know sometimes I've mentioned, I hope that the world does not get tired of seeing my name pop up in that group 73 million times a day. So thank you. I, it all comes from a place of help. I know I was a level one once and a level five once, and now I'm like level 21. And so just to be able to pay it forward, I, I really do believe, and I, I'm sure Gail probably feels the same way. I know that you do, that we're all on the same team. And the better that one of us does, the better that all of us does does do's anyway (laughs) you know and and the concept that if we can solve some of these smaller problems together more quickly we can work on the larger problems together as well and kind of you know eat that elephant one bite at a time uh and and just move the industry and our businesses all forward so thank you so much for that thank you for uh, introducing us to gail i'll have to get in touch with her and and meet up with her sometime and i just appreciate you being on here and and telling your story and showing up so thank you sylvia so much for that Uh, before we go do you want to let everybody know where they can find you. Can they connect with you? Are you on LinkedIn? I know you're on Clubhouse. Um, how, do, yeah. how should people get a hold of you? Yeah, LinkedIn, um, Sylvia Farbstein on LinkedIn and Sylvia Farbstein on Clubhouse. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, Speak Beyond Words. 
And I look forward to hearing from people and, and staying in touch with you, Charity. We're going to make great things continue to happen. Oh, thank you so much for that and for being here. I am super excited. I'm just glad to know you. I want to tell the whole world about you. So thank you for being here and for inspiring um, not only women everywhere and uh, men to listen to this podcast, hopefully kids, but um, for the most part, selfishly me. So thank you so much for being here. And for all of our listeners, thank you so much for hanging out with us today and just being a part of the Badass Mode of Promo. If you want to nominate somebody as a Badass Woman of Promo, just hit our website, badasswomenofpromo.com and hit the nominate button. And that will allow you to uh, go ahead and fill out a survey of who you consider to be a Badass Woman of Promo. While you're there, you can also share your how to be a badass tips. So uh, just any quotes or fun little tips and tricks that you have, feel free to drop those in. Otherwise, just want to give one last thank you to uh, our sponsors that have uh, so wonderfully supported the podcast over the last couple of years. We've got Common Skew, which is a great technology solution for the industry. Uh, they're doing big things with order processing, and it's a social platform. So jump on that, check it out. Uh, we've also got all made, which is fantastic recycled plastic bottle apparel. So check them out as well. And then also our friends at Coaster Stone Custom who have amazing products that are full color decoration and incredible service as well. So thank you to all of them. Thank you to all of you. And thank you, Sylvia, for being here. I appreciate you. Uh, shine bright and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thank you.